Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Africa Rights Podcast. I am your host, Valerie Waswa. I know it's been a long while since we last interacted here. It's been over six months. So much has been going on, which I'll be sharing maybe much, much later. But I'm so glad to be back in this podcasting space. And I'm so happy to reconnect with all of you. So today I have a guest with me. Her name is Rachel Wambui. She's a returning guest. We had her uh, back then last year, and we were talking about a very interesting topic, which is body positivity. And I have her back in show today, and I'll just like her to say hi. Uh, hello, Rachel. Hi, hi. It's I'm so glad to be back. Uh, I remember last when I was here, we had so much fun talking about body positivity. Yeah, I cannot wait. For us to delve into what you have in store for us today. Yeah, absolutely. And just before even we get to today's topic, I would like to know how was your week and maybe just share a highlight of your personal life and a highlight of you know something you've had in the news or trending. Um so my week has been okay so far. I cannot complain. Um, do I really have a highlight apart from just thanking God for this far that has brought me? Um, my highlight maybe is not for the week, maybe for the week, previous week is that, uh, I qualified to be admitted to the bar. I think Yay! that's a big one for me, but congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah, that has been it. Um, on the news. Or, or that we'll get to later? Yeah, I think we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, all right. So what has been your highlight in your personal life? Uh, my highlight, I could say my highlight in my personal life is that for those who follow me on Instagram, they know I have been on a weight loss journey. And mm-hmm. I, I just realized that I have, uh, there has actually been like considerable progress this week, I, I I actually saw it, you know, my clothes mm-hmm. that could no longer fit me can now fit me. Clothes that I had to buy when I added weight actually mm-hmm. now are big. I usually wear a ring on my finger, <laughs> even though I'm not mm-hmm. married or engaged. And now mm-hmm. it's like dancing on my finger. So there's so many things that are actually showing. Like the other day I was buying a shoe and I usually mm-hmm. wear um size 39 and this time i bought size mm-hmm. 38 and when i added weight i had started wearing size mm-hmm. 40 and size 41 and so now i've gone mm-hmm. all the way back to size 38 so what i can just say is that there's considerable weight loss progress and i'm so grateful for it wow wow that's 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 really something i've been seeing your journey on instagram you've even yeah. inspired me to get back on track i've also been working oh, wow. out uh though not consistently i think my my consistency needs to i need to up that a little bit more probably yeah uh, that would be my my highlight next time i'm, I'm, I'm on the I'm on. But yeah. yeah, seeing you working out has really motivated even me. And uh, even hearing them, the milestones that you've hit, I, uh, all I can say is that I'm very proud of you. And I'm sure everyone who is watching your journey yeah. is also very proud of you. Yeah. Oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you. And I'm glad yeah. that 
it also inspired you as well. Yeah, it did. Yes, and there's also something mm. you had shared with me when we were talking over the phone. Maybe you can just tell us mm-hmm. something you you saw in the news. I know you're you're more of a current affairs person, so maybe you can tell us. Oh, my <laughs> you are. You really oh, wow. are. <laughs> um I think my biggest highlight for for this week when it comes to the news mm-hmm. is uh when Tanzania announced that they are going to be manufacturing the covid vaccine um locally. Yes, yes. So yes. that for me really hit home especially because they had not you remember when when covid was announced as a pandemic they did not even acknowledge it as a disease to begin with. So yeah. there were no even pre- precautionary measures taken. Mm-hmm. So now that they acknowledge, acknowledge that and they are part of the COVAX system whereby they are getting free vaccines and they've even taken a further step to say that they'll be making their own, yeah. uh, it's, it's quite something, quite something. Oh, yeah, I have a few friends down there. So yes. I used to feel bad and I'm like, why don't you come stay here with us? Because I was like, mm-hmm. hey, see, COVID coming at Maliza heavy. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's that 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 was huge for, on my part. Yeah. Oh, interesting one. You know, um, I think that's mm-hmm. a really good step. You know, people like Gasparino can also come and perform here in Kenya as well. <laughs> yeah yeah you and, know it's yeah. been long since i since i heard of gasparino though <laughs> gaspar if you're listening hi <laughs> yes and also i just saw something that um they're actually planning to you know man- manufacture and actually export this vaccine to other eastern oh, wow. african countries and other southern african countries so I'm glad that we'll no longer just be talking about Johnson and Johnson's and we'll not just be consuming mm-hmm. vaccines mm-hmm. from European or American countries. Yeah, absolutely. And that puts us on the map is mm-hmm. East Africa, you know, something exactly. you can be proud of to say this is ours, this is African. Um, it's not just getting things from the West, mm-hmm. but we also have our own. Yeah, and I will support it 100%. As long as it works, of course. As long as it works. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I also saw in the business daily that um, the Teacher Service Commission have started a new initiative that seeks to increase the number of maternity leave, the, the period, the maternity oh. leave period, yes, from three months to four months for female teachers and, and paternity mm-hmm. leave from two weeks to three weeks for male teacher male teachers. Mm. Oh, that's quite something actually. Yeah. That's quite something. Yeah. I think Yeah. Actually mm-hmm. I wish they will they will embrace that. They will um, uh, the government will take will take that and put it to for all government workers, you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this will this is really nice, especially for the paternity leave. I think we cannot emphasize enough the role of the father in the upbringing of the child, especially in those early early months of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, though three weeks still a father is a parent and not a deputy mm-hmm. parent. Exactly. I wish they will 
to <laughs> I don't know like half of the time that the mother is with the child mm. which is if, if now they're doing four months I think the father should also get two months I agree I I'm just saying I'm just saying <laughs> but uh whatever we've been given we are, we are taking it too yeah. yeah it's good for now mm. yeah <laughs> anyway we'll pushing yes absolutely <laughs> yes and today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic that you have probably heard so many times it has become a household name it has been misinterpreted it has been misunderstood it has been taken advantage of and this is feminism today we are here to talk about feminism in a different light we are here to unpack what feminism really is because we feel like society has probably misconstrued what it means we're going to be talking about why did feminism even start you know from the word go why did it start how has it been impactful so far what has been the current trends at the at the present day and age people nowadays call themselves gen z in the current generation what how are people advocating for feminism what needs to be done more what should not continue what should we disabuse what should we promote and overally we're just going to be sharing our insights based on our personal or our friends or our acquaintances experiences and just shed our own light on feminism and what we think it really is especially in the current day and age and especially in the african context so are you as excited as i am rachel well scared is more of the word than excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this topic is a matter we cannot delve into it and do it justice in one episode I agree. So uh but we we're, we're going to try our best to shed light on it. Uh we 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 just tell you to keep just stay. <laughs> we're not going to run. We're just going to inform in a fun way. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I hope as time goes by it will get exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Rachel, maybe over to you. Would you like to help us understand when we talk about feminism, what does it really mean? Does it mean mm-hmm. that it's a group of people of women who hate men? Is it a group of women who don't <laughs> shave their armpits or is it a group of women <laughs> like would really like to know what really does feminism mean? <laughs> you had me on uh, shave armpits. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah anyway um to gender or sex so i will first define gender and sex and there's a difference between the two we cannot talk about feminism without associating it with gender and sex and i talk about gender and sex um i mean one will think then what's the difference between sex and gender so sex is your biological being as male or female right um gender on the other hand is what the society perceives of you a woman a man a boy a girl right so when the society looks at you depending on how you carry yourself does it look at you and say you're a man or you're a woman right so when we talk about feminism um feminism cannot you you cannot give it one definition 
because uh, there are people who are feminists because they were born so, they were born believing so. There are others who were not born so, but because they saw the inequalities that we're going to talk about later, they decided to form a movement and advocate for rights. So we can talk about feminism as fast as a belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities. We can also say it's the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of sexes. And lastly, we can just say it's a doctrine. It's a doctrine advocating for the social, economic, and political equality of all sexes. So feminism is quite different from femininity. So you can be a man and you're a feminist because you're advocating for gender equality, right? But you cannot be, you cannot have, you cannot, we we cannot say you have femininity, which which are the qualities or attributes regarded regarded as characteristics of women. Um, Like for example, applying lipstick is a a feminine touch, is a feminine action. Um, Even societal behaviors that we have, cultural behaviors that we have that if a man does will be considered odd, like maintaining long nails, um, having long hair, wearing skirts is considered femininity. On the other hand, a feminist is a person who advocates for gender equality. I hope I have, um, I have given the definition justice, Valerie. A lot of justice, a lot of justice. And I think that is very important for our listeners and for us as well to just know that when you're talking this whole conversation, what is it about? And it's the advocating for equal rights in the social, economic and political space of both men and women. So that is really eye-opening. And I think with that basis, we can just go forward to be talking about the history of feminism or rather let me not use the word history because every time people hear history they're like oh no years and years Mm -hmm. and so let me not scare you all with um the word history but let me rather just Mm -hmm. say that i would like to shed light regarding how did feminism come about like who is this person who woke up one day and and started the word even the term feminism You are listening to AGR Podcast, brought to you by Village Pillars Empowerment Project. AGR Podcast is available across all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Valerie Waswa. Enjoy. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I would like to start by saying that feminism is a Western concept and when i say western i don't mean western kenya <laughs> my people but rather i mean <laughs> western countries that is the european countries and specifically in the uk so the context goes mm-hmm. back to the uh, late 17th century early 18th century all the way to the 19th century thereabout and um, this was back in the uk and you know um, back then they had laws in place and these laws were not did not allow women to vote something as simple as voting so women's voices 
were not being added when it comes to selecting and deciding who becomes your leader, who is going to be your representative of your interests, your needs, and your rights in the political arena. And so there are women who came up together and they were angered by this and they were displaced by this because they were like, but women are just human beings like men, right? They have the same emotions or even if they're expressed differently, if you touch something hot, you would get burnt just like a man would. If they're happy, they would smile. You know, like they're basically the same species. Why can't they add their voices, Mm -hmm. you know, to decide who becomes their leader, who becomes the decision maker, their representative. And so angered by this, they took to the streets and literally like through protests and, and through demonstrations, they demanded that women should also be allowed to vote. So that is how it started. Back then, women were not even allowed to go to school. Women were not allowed to go and further their studies. Your role basically was for you to be pretty, to, you know, get married. And those years, most of the girls will get married at around 16 years. And you get married and you give your husband and the husband's family children. And basically that was it. You take care of the children Mm -hmm. and you deal with house chores. So that started. And later on, still, I call that the first wave. There's this document I was reading and uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, let me just give the title of the document so if our listeners would like to go and read more they could go it's called new feminist activism waves and generation by several authors but it's a document by un women and that they are categorizing the history of feminism into four waves so i would call this the first wave so after advocating for uh, poli- women's political participation in voting the next thing was wait a minute but women can't own property because at that point, yeah. yes, at that point, a woman did not have the capacity to own property. So either w- uh, uh, upon getting married, the property is now put under the, your husband's name, or when you're not and, and when you're not yet married, your property is owned by your father or by your brother. And so what this means is that upon the death of any of your de- uh, any of the persons that you are depending on you could not be eligible to get any inheritance in form of property. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you wanted to purchase property somewhere, you go and use your husband's name or you go and use your father's mm-hmm. name or you go and use your brother's name. So these women went ahead and said, no, we also want to own our properties. We want to be able to buy land in our own names as we as mm-hmm. me as a woman without having to link my identity to a man and so that is how it was Mm. that was the first wave and um something else that i can talk about the first wave when i characterize how they were fighting for women's rights is that their achievements were more or less like that rigid they'll just defiantly go to election places and say we want to vote you know that is basically Mm. what it was and then we go to the second wave. So the second wave started around uh, mid 19th century uh, up to early 20th century. And so at this point, we see that there's more impact. There's more people being angered by gender inequality. And this movement is now moving and spreading. And it's not just about the UK and European countries. We see more people who are involved in feminism 
uh, uh, movements in countries like America. And at this point, uh, we are seeing that more women are now, you know, getting into education, higher education, and they're using their education to advocate for women's rights. There was also a lot of Mm -hmm. radicalism in, in in this period. When you talk about the things I was talking about, women not shaving their armpits, it was that radical. Those are the people who are now calling radical feminists. They would uh, literally go to the streets and use their period blood to paint something to talk about period poverty. You know, it was that bad. Mm-hmm. But they they mm-hmm. really were just fed up with the whole patriarchy system. And they started coming up with theories. At this point, they're now coming up with theories and they're defining things like patriarchy. They're defining things like gender stereotypes and all that. Another thing that defines this moment was um, there were things that were also underlying in the society at that point, like racism. So you get that at this point, there were uh, black people, our brothers and sisters who went to these countries as slaves. And so these people are saying, wait a minute, you guys are doing a good job advocating for feminism. But you're talking about mm-hmm. issues that we as black women cannot relate to because you're talking about you want equal pay but we don't even we don't even know how to read you know we we, yeah, we don't even yeah. we can't relate to the things you're talking about with, with regards to owning property yet you're not even allowed to own property as a black person and so there's this concept of intersectionality whereby you're facing inequality not just by being a woman but being a person of mm-hmm. color or being a black person and so yeah you get that you get now how yeah. that the black person comes into this interplay and so at this point mm-hmm. uh you get that they're talking about issues that are uniquely faced by the black person as an underprivileged uh person in you know in these spaces mm-hmm. and so they're talking about issues mm-hmm. like we want our rights to be heard more another thing that is characterized in the second wave is that and this is something that most people use it to define feminism, is that there was me versus you, there was men versus women. You get that women would organize their things alone because there was this ideology that was created that men cannot deal with our issues. They have been there, the structures have been there in place, the leadership structures, the laws, the policies, they're not serving us, men are not there for then they don't care about our interests. So if we want to advocate for our interests, let's start our own things. Let's start our women-related NGOs. Let's start a women publishing house to publish articles to talk about women's issues. We as women understand women's things more. So there's that, you know, oppression. And I was reading another article and it was saying how um, ever since the beginning of time, when you look at mm-hmm. anything that brought division when you talk about racism there is always the creation mm. of two or more groups and one group gets to oppress the other you see like how mm. there is the um the the white person and the black person and one group gets to oppress the other or apartheid or genocide or even gender inequality so they started creating this it's like a group and so you have to belong to this group now there's the men versus the women mm. so the men are mm. against the women and women, you have mm-hmm. to protect your interests. So that was really like the defining factor of this wave. And then there was yeah. this, and then there was the third wave, and this is 1980s to 1990s. Remember, as you're mm-hmm. talking about all this, Africa is not anywhere. 
in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Africa is not anywhere. We are, we are, much of our history is so much unrecorded. So maybe we could say they were unsung heroes who are fighting for feminism. Mm-hmm. But because writing was not a thing yet, literature was not a thing yet, these things were not recorded. Yeah. And so you get that at that time, most of African countries were under polit- uh, colonialism. And so the only thing that yeah. mattered was African leaders just trying to get independence for their countries. And so you can imagine yeah. what the, the kind of inequality that's already there when you talk about the cultural norms that op- oppress, the harmful cultural norms that oppress the woman in the society. So I just want to mm-hmm. let people know that we are talking, we're already talking about the third wave, but I don't know if we can say even that was a third wave for Africa because all this progress that is being made is being made in these African countries. Now, women can go to school, women can vote, women can own property, but nothing is yet to be done in Africa. Mm. So in the third wave oh, now... Wow. <laughs> yeah so in the third wave now that is where they are like oh okay okay so there's this continent called africa okay cool what do we do about these people and so that is where you mm-hmm. get them talking about globalization of feminism and people like mm-hmm. wangari masai and people who try to come mm-hmm. up and you know were enlightened and would go to study abroad and wanted to add more light about african femini- feminism Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing about the third wave was that there was more policy-related activism. So people were like, okay, we can't just keep going to the streets and shouting and complaining. We need to ask for reform in the law. And we both as lawyers, Rachel, you know how the law plays a very big role in effective affecting change in society, yeah? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so at mm-hmm. this point, they were like, no, we just don't want to be going to the streets shouting and screaming like mad men and women. We want reforms in the laws. This thing we call laws, this thing we call policies, we want them to actually effectively include the rights and protect the rights of women. So you get that there are so many laws that were being put in place. And when I was reading this, documents and whatever they're talking about laws in america laws in europe you know the civic rights what what the new policy to help Mm. women all these are laws in these other countries and let me just give you for example Mm. um i was just searching about gender related laws in our country kenya and the first law that looked similar something that seemed to incorporate women's rights which is the two-third gender rule was mm-hmm. not even the two-third gender rule. The Sexual Offenses Act was in 2003. So mm-hmm. as, they're yeah. talking, as they're talking about how, sorry guys about the background noise, when you're talking about how these laws are being created to advocate for women's rights in European countries, in America, in the USA, nothing is still mm-hmm. going on. Nothing is still going on in Africa. Yes. Yeah. And uh, something else was also um, at this point, people started coming up with courses like gender studies. And so you get that they walk, they walk African women. Or not, let me just not say women, even the men who believe that feminism was a thing would 
you mm-hmm. got that m- most of them would go to America or to the US or to Australia or whatever to study gender studies. So there's a lot also mm-hmm. happening in the academia and people realizing that this is actually something that for you to advocate for it better, you may want to study and understand where did it come from and all that. Yeah. And then the fourth wave now is now the early 2000s up until now. And you get that there is more youth participation in uh, talking about feminism. And there is more, mm-hmm. uh, more organizations are being created. The private sector is being involved in advocating for uh, gender rights. There's change in movies and films and advertisements and mainstream media. Everyone is sort of talking about it. So there's more conversations being talked about it but nothing much is happening in actual sense for example there's the two-third gender rule that was started via our constitution the constitution of kenya but as we're talking as of now in 2022 the guys sorry about the background noise um in 2022 the gender two-third gender rule is still not actualized. So you get that these laws and policies that are being created, like the Protection Against Domestic Violence Act of 2015, the Sexual Offenses Act, the Penal Code, but none of these things are actually being actualized. Uh, just to wrap it up, because I can't talk about everything, um, between 2016 up until the present day, you can see that people are using social media more to advocate for feminism in a more creative way. People are using TikTok, comedy, people are using videos, such podcasts, YouTube. People are coming up with more innovative ways to advocate for feminism. And finally, you get that more men are also being involved in feminism. So that is all I would like to share about how feminism has moved up until now. I don't know if you you have something to comment on, on that you know it's interesting mm-hmm. um i have picked quite a lot from 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 what you've said i will mm-hmm. not have done the history justice like as you have mm-hmm. and uh, you've talked about the african story missing yes uh that 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 really caught me mm-hmm. and how how we've seen that um uh, the women's rights evolved from one thing to another one minute they realized they were not voting, the next they, they did not own yes. property, and the next and the next. And after the fourth wave, of course, we claim to be in the fourth wave, but I think the fourth wave <laughs> should have closed and we opened the fifth one. Maybe this maybe this podcast will mark the fifth one. I don't know uh-huh. of this episode. Uh-huh. Um there are there are there are aspects. There are aspects of uh, women women rights or gender equal inequalities that have come up or um, beliefs that no longer serve us, right? Exactly. Yes. So, like, um, you find that we are trying to strive for equality. Uh, laws have come up, the two-thirds gender rule um, mm-hmm. that that uh, promotes representation of women in uh, most, if not all, areas. Mm-hmm. But you find that um, we are realizing more and more that we need we not only need representation but we actually need more because now women are being educated. 
Yes. Women are more educated now. So it's it's not more about representation, but actually even serving, right? Exactly. Yeah. So um when it comes to feminism in the current the current state where we are at now. Mm-hmm. I would like us maybe to delve a little bit into that and uh, talk about how, what, what is it that we are facing now as women or have we yet, actually the question should be, have we yet achieved gender equality as women? We are both women, so yes. <laughs> have we achieved gender equality or have we surpassed it and we actually need to uh, start a movement for men? where we promote uh-huh. gender equality. Yes. That's a good question. And maybe I would like you to, you know, take the lead, take the lead and tell, <laughs> tell us, do you think, do you think talking from an African perspective, narrowing down to mm-hmm. Kenya, do you think mm-hmm. feminism has been achieved? And if not, why, why do you think it has not been achieved? I will answer it as, has gender equality been achieved? Of course not. It has not yet been achieved in terms of women getting to where men are mm-hmm. or for us to have equal opportunities. Uh, however, with each step that we're moving forward in promotion of women's rights, I think there has been a, a step towards the back, like a, a, a step backwards, yes. right, uh, by our fellow counterparts. Because for gender equality to be achieved, men need to keep doing what they are doing, apart from, of course, the harassment and uh, the, the illegal stuff mm-hmm. or the stuff that does not promote human rights. They need to keep at it with the opportunities in order for us to get there. But it seems like when we take a step forward, a step backwards is taken by them. For instance, the opportunities that uh, have we have been created specifically for women. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know whether, I, <laughs> I don't know by giving this example, I, 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 re- I reveal my age, but when I was doing <laughs> my end of primary school, yes, uh, uh, exams i remember having a higher advantage than my fellow colleagues who are boys then mm. um because my grading our grading system just because you are female was brought down so mm-hmm. that women could so that us girls could be at a better score uh looking at the statistics i don't have the numbers here but looking at the stat- statistics now you find that I don't know that the, the same grading system is the same whereby girls and boys are not graded the same. Yeah. But you find you find that now girls are performing much better than boys. Uh, mm. When I was in law school, I remember like when we were divided into farms or what you call group works, mm-hmm. we out of 10 members, we only had one man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were nine ladies. So does that tell you that... Uh, <laughs> The male species is endangered. Yeah. Next on. Like yes. right now, okay, well, at the time that we're recording, this is, is at night. If you tell me to leave the house, I cannot do that without mm. thinking of 
my security, which is not the same thing for a man, right? Mm-hmm. A man will just walk out and be like, oh, let's meet. Like it's it's 9 p.m. Let's let's meet out. Let's have a drink. I, I cannot think of that. I have to wait, think of the security measures. I have to think of getting an Uber. If I get an Uber, is the Uber, is the Uber driver safe for me? Is uh, where I'm going safe for me? How will I get back? You know, because there are so many uh insecurities out there maybe because we are the weaker sex and we are mm. seen not to fight enough for ourselves and this assumption that men i don't know is either an assumption that men will just f- find their way out as a man which is also a gender stereotype mm. against men like even in wanaume you know you just figure it out we cannot say men fight for men and women fight for women mm-hmm. it's all of us to come together and uh, and contribute and say enough is enough. I 